we, um, we need to be ready, as we talked about this morning. We need to be ready for what time that the Lord may come back. Um, and these songs tonight, really, uh, I love to see how God puts things together. As a matter of fact, I found out after I preached this morning that I actually preached what Randy was teaching in Sunday school this morning. So you reckon God might be doing something? Because I had something different planned earlier on, and, and long about yesterday I started praying and, and other things kind of hit me. And what you got this morning was what he gave me to give. And I thank him for that. But tonight we're getting ready to pray. And I want to read a scripture we've read several times here on prayer night. I have, Brother Murphy has. Uh, when Charlie was here, I know Charlie preached out of it a few times. But I'm going to read it and then I'm going to kind of drop it and then we'll go back to it. But it's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 15 is where we're going to know we're not. We're going to start in 16. Y'all read 15 later at another time because it don't really fit to this. It's good fitting for us, but it don't fit with this. It says, rejoice always. How about a rejoice from you right now? Always. Amen. Amen. We need to be rejoicing. And there are bad things going in this world. We face things, but we need to rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Walking through Walmart, and that, that's just, I usually used to just say that as a, as a place, but now it, it really does apply. Pray. Yeah. <laughs> the next verse, and this is where I want us to focus. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything. Well, isn't God glorious? Praise God. I don't tell nobody what we're going. We don't have a set thing set up. I expect everybody to pray give what God wants you to give. And when he ties stuff in like that, we just know he's the one that's in control of it. Amen. But I want to talk about another fellow in the Bible who I have thought a whole lot about over the last three months. Anybody have any idea who he might be? Fellow by the name of Job. <laughs> and I'm going to read several scriptures and we're going to kind of go through this. But just to lay the foundation for it, we're going to go to Job chapter 1. And then we'll probably hit chapter 2. And then we'll go to ver chapter 42. That's about all we're going to hit. And I'll do some explaining and talking in the middle. It's some good reading, I'm going to tell you now. But in verse 1 it says, There was a man in the land of us whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright, and one who feared God and shunned evil. And seven sons and three daughters were born to him. Also his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household, so that his... This man was the greatest of all the people of the East. He was a rich fella. It's okay if we work and, and, and God blesses us and we have things. It's not okay when those things get in between us and God, right? Yeah. 
and his work. But he was the greatest of all the people of the east, verse 4. And his sons would go and feast in their houses, each on his appointed day, and would spend and send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. So it was when the days of feasting had run their course that Job would send and sanctify them, and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This Job did regularly. We pray for our babies, don't we, sweetie? There's a lot of temptations in this world. Job had something about his character that it's saying here in the word of God, he did this regularly. He was praying for his kids. He was doing everything he could with him and God to say, I want everything to be okay for them. And he did it regularly. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. And this is little reading, y'all, so if I mess up, y'all forgive me. Pray for me. And then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? Now this is God talking about Job. I'm going to tell you now, I want the Lord talking to, to the devil or anybody else about me. I want him to say that. Uh, that's what we should be striving for. That's where we should be uh, wanting to get that the Lord will say that about us and that we shun evil, evil things, evil thoughts, evil ways. And so Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear you for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possession have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. Now, the devil is the accuser of the brethren. I read somewhere one time, and I don't know if it's true. I ain't studied that far, and it don't seem that important to me just yet. If it becomes more important, I'll dig deeper. But I heard one time this was probably the oldest book in the Bible. Even before Moses did Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers, this is the oldest book in the Bible. Now, I don't know how they got that. I didn't dig into it. But I'm going to tell you, this tells us about how the devil works. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Now who gave him that power? God did. But you've got to remember, God said, Have you considered him? He laid him out there for him. Only do not lay a hand on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Now in the next few verses, I'm not going to read them, but we find out that Job loses everything. His youngins die in a, in a tornado or a whirlwind. 
all his possessions, all those riches he had, all those animals, he don't have them anymore. And Satan said, this is the only reason that he worships you. Let's go to verse 20. Job hears about all this. All these people keep coming, and before one gets done talking, another one comes and gives him some more bad news. I mean, it is bad news after bad news after bad news. It just keeps coming. There's not two or three days break in it. The way the Bible reads there, it says before this one got done talking, another one showed up and told him all these things. In verse 20, he says, Then Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, and fell to the ground and worshipped. Folks, do we got that in us tonight? I'm going to tell you now, we need to get there. Uh, just, like, just like the man talked to Jesus and he said, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. Sometimes we need to be praying for ourselves on things like this. Because this is what made him an upright man. This is how he was at the place that he could shun evil. That when all this calamity came, after all of his riches are gone, after all of his youngins are gone, he worshipped. He worshipped God. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Everybody say that. Blessed be the name. Just shout it out good and loud. That's kind of weak, but we'll go with it. And in all this, this is, this is cool, right? I really like that. And in all this, Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. He didn't blame God. I've been guilty of that. God, why are you doing this? But he didn't charge God with anything wrong. He realized God's in control. He realized God's got it all in his hands. Satan don't even get to come at you unless God says so. You dealing with something tonight? You dealing with something in your life? Think about that. Think about what God is trying to show us. Maybe what he's trying to show others. You ever think of that? I mean, you got to think about this. Job didn't have the book of Job like we got. God never did tell him what was going on. Out of all 40-some chapters of this book, he never did tell him anything about why. So then he gets sick. He has all these things coming at him. Satan goes back to God and he says, Look here, you know... Uh, all this is going, well, I'll tell you what, you can touch his body, but you can't take his life. So he starts getting sick. He has all these things going on. And in chapter 2, verse 9, Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God, and shall we not accept adversity? And in all this... Job did not sin with his lips. Now, if you go on down to about long chapter 38, I'm not going to read all that, but I'm going to tell you it's some good reading because Job would have had some inquiries. You know, he had his buddies that come, said, Job, there's got to be something going on in your life. 
Hey, I laid in my bed down there thinking, y'all probably thinking something's going on in my life. That's why I'm going through what I'm going through. Old pity party. And if you did, read the book of Job. I'm not saying I'm upright and just. I pray that God says that about me. But, but they said there's got to be something going on. There's some sin somewhere, buddy, because it's the only way this can happen. They didn't know. They didn't have the book of Job to read neither. So they didn't know what was going on, but God was proving a point. He was showing us something. And I'm just going to give you some snippets of it. He said, now you've inquired of me, and I'm going to ask you some questions. Where was you when I laid the foundations of the earth? If you've got to understand, tell me. Because he knew he didn't have the understanding. He was letting Job know, I am a sovereign God, and my thoughts and my ways are not your ways. I am so far above you, I can't even explain it to you. So he, he asked him a bunch of questions, and he's asking him over, and I mean to tell you, it goes on for about three chapters there. God's just getting serious down to business. Putting Job into a place of saying, you know what? He don't owe me anything. I don't understand. I don't know. But in chapter 42, verse 1 of Job, it says, Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do everything. Brothers and sisters, tonight, do you in your heart know that God can do everything? I've got a plaque hanging on our wall somebody gave us. I don't remember who it was. But it says, with God, all things are possible. But the key there is it's got to be with God. We get out of his will, we get out of this word, it ain't possible anymore. Because he is only going to be sovereign. He is only going to be holy. He's only going to do it his way, what we find in the word. So if we're with God, we're walking with God, we're letting the Holy Spirit minister inside of us and mold us and shape us with God, anything's possible. Anything's possible. Brother Berkeley, you could get up and run around this church tonight even though you drove in. With God, it's possible. Amen? I could jump off of here tonight and it would have to be God. I ain't doing it by myself. But it is possible. It's possible that if anybody's here with a sickness or an infirmity in their body, something going on in their mind or in their spirit, it is possible tonight that we can be set free. Somebody that we're going to be praying for. We're praying for someone's health on this one here. And with God, it's possible that before we leave this building tonight, they can receive exactly what they are seeking from God. And we get to be a part of that. And that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. See, God's going to get it done. Might as well get on board with him. You don't like it, you're just going to be miserable. Get on board with it. Because his purposes are going to be done. Job says, you ask. Who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore I have uttered what I did not understand. Sometimes we talk to the Lord and we have absolutely no understanding of what's going on. Sometimes it's lack of, of being focused on who he is. Sometimes it's lack of knowledge of the word of God. Sometimes if we had that knowledge within our hearts, the Holy Spirit would pull it up and it would help us. But he, he, he called upon God and, and he had no understanding. He had, was without knowledge. 
Therefore I uttered words that I did not understand, things too wonderful for me which I did not know. Listen, please, and let me speak. You said I will question you, and you shall answer me. And here's, it, it, that's what Job repeated what God had said to him earlier in this. I didn't hit all this tonight because I want us to pray. He says, I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear. Now, you see that? He knew who God was. He had heard about him. I don't know if he had a little pocket testament back in the day. I don't know what they had, but he heard of him. I've heard of you by the hearing, but now my eyes see you. Wow. Therefore, I bore myself and repent in dust and ashes. When he saw the Lord, you know, we always say, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God about this. Why are there ticks? Why are there snakes? Why are there diseases for our tomato plants? When we get to heaven, that ain't going to matter because we're going to be in the presence of Almighty God who is sovereign and holy we ain't even going to remember what's been going on here on this earth. And we ain't going to be interested anymore. Do you hear what I'm talking about? All this stuff that's troubling us now and all these questions we're going to have for God, when we get in the presence of Almighty God, it ain't going to matter. And that's what Job was saying. Now I see you. You ask me all these questions and now I see you. He basically it's what God told Paul whenever he asked him about this infirmity. He wanted it to pass. And the Lord said, my grace is sufficient. Did you know that the presence of God is sufficient in anything? No matter what we're facing, no matter how rich we are, no matter how poor we are, how sick we are, how healthy we are, it's all about the Lord is sufficient. He is sovereign. That's all that matters. He lost his questions. Because I see you. I see you with my eyes. I'm going to ask you tonight before we pray, because this prayer is not only going to be for what we get in these, this prayer is also going to be for ourselves tonight. What gives you joy and peace? You might say, well, I, my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren. I don't believe we've got no great-greats in here, do we? Sister Francis, you a great-great yet? You are? Okay, we've gone that far. And they give you joy. They give you somewhat of a peace. You have joy. Let me ask you this. Or maybe it's a good job. Maybe it's the house you live in, the property you own. Maybe it's the stuff and the things of this world, which is what the world, by the way, is teaching us. But if those things were not there, then would you not have peace and joy? So you can ask people, what, what gives you peace? What gives you joy? And we all say, well, the Lord does. And sometimes people will actually go to what's sitting in their hearts and they will talk about that. Our children, my spouse. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So if these things are taken away, then where does our joy come? It comes from the Lord. Now, I want to go back to that first scripture that we read. Verse 18 of 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. It says, in everything, give thanks. It doesn't say, 
give thanks for all things. I am not thankful what happened to me. But while I'm in it, I give him thanks. Does that make sense? We don't have to like some of the places that we are. Job didn't know what was going on. We all got the book of Job to look at. But he was a great example for us because he never sinned with his lips. He worshiped God. He sought God. So no matter where we're at in everything, give thanks. Amen. Let's get ready to pray, Brother George. I don't know how y'all want to do it. I don't know what you've been doing for the last three months. If it worked, then let's do it if we did something different. But come to the altar, sit where you're at. If you want to go and get with someone and pray, that would be fine. But let's really talk to God. Remember, we're going in the name of Jesus into the throne room with God. We're in good company praying. And let's pray. People are dependent on us to pray for them. And what I want you to do when we're done tonight, I want you to take these home with you. This is your job this week. This is your assignment to be a servant of the Lord, to pray for that request that you have. And tonight I also want you to pray, Lord, help me get to the place that if everything I know would be turned upside down, would I still have my joy and have my peace knowing that you are a sovereign God and you're right there with me. Amen. Let's pray.